this episode about to be explicit. What's up, beautiful souls? It's Candy, your spiritual bestie, back with another episode of Real Talk with the Spiritual Bestie. Hey guys, how are y'all? Thank y'all so much for checking out yet another episode of Real Talk with the Spiritual Bestie. If this is your first episode, welcome in and thank you so much for checking out my podcast. I really appreciate it. Don't forget to get yourself caught up on past episodes. There are different interviews and different episodes that I put out in the past that I know will help you and assist you in your spiritual journey. And As we grow in this episode, I want to expand the topics that are discussed here. And today I'm sharing with you with you guys part one of a two part series of an interview that I did with my sister Christy, where she shares her story sleeping with the enemy. Um, I do want to offer also a trigger warning that if you are sensitive to topics of abuse and domestic violence, this may trigger you. So be forewarned, but I don't know who needs to hear this episode, but I know that somebody needs to hear this. And a lot of times, you know, what we see online and on social media and even at the get togethers is not the full story. We don't all, we don't know what people are going through behind the scenes or the hells that some people wake up and go to sleep with every single night. So we wanted to collaborate and do this episode to let you guys know that if this is your situation, if this is your story, if this is your life and you're living in it right now, you do have options and there is a way out. And sometimes the way out is not ideal. Sometimes starting over is not ideal. It doesn't look good. It doesn't feel good. But when we are in these places and spaces, we have to choose ourselves. We have to choose ourselves because abuse comes in different forms. Some abuse is physical, some of it's mental or emotional, some of it's even spiritual. But we have to realize that self-love and self-care is not selfish. And I want to let anybody out there listening that may be going through this, I want to let you know that you are worthy of love. You are worthy of healthy relationships. You are worthy of the happiness that you truly desire. And you can have it. You have to choose it. And it's not always presented on a silver platter with all the trimmings. Sometimes you have to take the little that you got and make something happen from there. Sometimes you have to start from ground zero as my sister did and you'll hear um, her sharing her story. You have to start from ground zero and rebuild your entire life. And that's not an easy process. You'll hear how painful that was for her. You will hear how she um, lived through the abuse and how she survived it and chose better for herself and for her kids. And a lot of times we'll put limitations on ourselves and say, oh, well, I'm too this, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too uneducated, I don't have this, I don't have that. We look at all of the cons, all of the things that we don't have, all the things that we feel we're without, and we will make excuses for settling in life in different situations. Maybe it's not a domestic violence or abusive situation for you, but maybe it's something else that you're settling with that you need to remind yourself that you're worthy of and deserving of better. 
and better is out there. You have to choose it. You have to work for it. You have to go out there and take it. But don't feel like you have to settle in a situation that is killing you spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and potentially physically. So I also want to offer the domestic violence hotline for anybody that may need some guidance or assistance out of an abusive situation. And that number is 1-800-799-7233. Again, please share this episode with at least one person that you know would benefit from the information in it. And if this is your situation, don't be afraid to ask for help. So without further ado, here's episode 307, Sleeping with the Enemy, part one, featuring my sister, Christy. What's up, beautiful souls? Today, I have a very, very special guest. Um, I have my sister. She decided to join me. And we've been talking about doing an episode together for so long. And we just really hadn't just made the time or had the time to do it. So we decided today we were going to sit down and just have some conversation and discuss life because we're always having these very deep conversations, these very amazing and beautiful conversations. Um, So this is my sister, Christy. Christy, what's up? Tell everybody, hey, and introduce yourself, sis. Hey, hey, everyone. How are you? Christy. Um, thanks, Sissy, for having me on the show. This is quite a delight. I really do appreciate the opportunity. Yes, it's girl, we've been talking about doing this for so long and you know, we always sit on the phone talking like, dang, we should have had this conversation on the podcast. So, you know, it's really awesome that we get the opportunity to actually do it. And one of the things that I feel that I felt, you know, for a very long time. And I always tell you, I really admire, you know, just the way that you have literally built your life again from the ground up and taken what you had, the pieces of yourself, and you've put yourself back together after some serious challenges, heartbreak, heartache, you know, the things that we typically go through in life anyways. But I've watched you just bloom and blossom. And it's just been so beautiful to watch and so amazing to see how someone can take little and really transform that little into something just with determination and effort and hard work. So I wanted to give an opportunity for you to share um, a piece of that and just your inspiration, just kind of what's really driven you and motivated you over these last couple years to just transform your life. And you can share as, as much or as little as you want, girl, feel free. All right. Well, I definitely do appreciate it. Um, you know, I must give thanks to my support system because um, at a certain time in life, I was so depressed, I didn't even realize I had support. And I often um, times tell people that I felt so alone and just felt like I was walking through the valleys by myself. And then when I reflected back on some of the things that I was going through, I must say I did have you right by my side and a few other people who never left me you know they gave me the right amount of space but they also gave me the right amount of support of course being raised in a traditional religious home um we pretty much were taught to pray through 
any and everything. And I'll say for the most part, never was like a wild child, always been more of a um, busybody or, you know, just a serious person of like, let me get my work done type of thing. So didn't really party much, didn't uh, care to really be on any scene. I will say, you know, I had my first child at 19, so that's probably like the wildest, I guess, you know, you could say, but even then, I had just started even exploring sex, so it wasn't even something that I could say like, oh, girl, I've been out there, you know, finally caught up with me. That was never the case with it. So I, a few years later, ended up getting married. And what I thought um, was like the perfect situation, I married somebody that I had met from like an early age when we were both in middle school we had crushes on each other we met in the church our families knew each other and you know he went off to college I stayed home when he came home from college we reunited and it just seemed so perfect he came looking for me he sought after me and before you know what we were involved in at that time situation which was really just more physical and shortly thereafter us being involved with each other I found out that he had a child that he had never disclosed to me so that was like pretty devastating I remember we had went out of town as a family and you know I gave him the cutoff I was like I can't do this anymore I didn't feel like you were being honest with me let me just go ahead and like let you be definitely don't want to interrupt on your family don't want to stop you from being a dad go ahead and you know let my thoughts be by separate ways mm-hmm. so um I would say probably like a year or so come back into play not even gosh might have been months probably felt like a year or so but months later you know we reunited and he was like listen I want to take you serious I really want to uh, move forward in an upward direction with you sorry for anything that I didn't disclose to you or share with you but I just want to be you know straightforward and let you know I do want you in my life so okay that sounds perfect we ended up um, getting together and then we because he had a daughter I had a son we ended up finding ourselves in a blended situation so it seemed ideal seemed like it was perfect everything was coming along um I later found out that he had another child that he didn't disclose or tell me any information about yet still I find myself feeling like I need to stay by his side and this is where I started initially having to like look at the man in the mirror and say what is it that I'm doing like why do I feel like I owe this to this man to be his support system or to fix him and that's what I started realizing about myself that nurturing thing that us women have we sometimes take that shit a little too far uh, trying to fix broken vessels like that ain't my job that was never my job but I ended up getting broken trying to piece together someone else's broken mess of a life so I'm sure you've been there before. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, one thing, not to cut you off, but one thing that you just said that that's so profound is a lot of times we work on fixing other people. We focus our energy and our nurturing energy on fixing and pouring into other people. And it's almost like, because I went through this, it's almost like we're afraid to fix and pour into ourselves. Or we almost feel like 
in some we're not sense. worthy of it all. We don't like, deserve it. Exactly. So it's like we don't pour into ourselves. We don't speak those positive things in a lot of cases when we're in that in those um, spaces and places. You know, we don't speak those words of affirmation and positivity and upliftment to ourselves. We speak that into somebody else. And it's like we're avoiding our own healing process. So go ahead. You can finish. But yeah, definitely. I've been there. Yeah, so I, um, what I was going to say is it did get awkward at times. I try not to bounce back and forth because I want to talk in a way that people can follow this story. And I'm sure there's so much of it that you understand already. So at times I may talk to you as though you're not my sister and I just don't want it to be so confusing. But just trying to make sure that, you know, our listeners can follow this because it is took a while it was some years before I could actually like really open up and tell everything like my thought process the pain tied behind it or sometimes I would be like damn do you remember when I told you this well this is what really happened or this is all of the details to it so um just to make sure that you know everyone can still follow along so so not long there after we decide let's get married of course again going back to um the religious upbringing his family more so his mom uh, pushed the issue my parents were pushing it you know because they didn't want us living in sin so they felt like it was the right thing for us to get married so we got married and um not long thereafter decided that we wanted to have a child so um we essentially had a baby and in the midst of all of that i seen all the red flags and completely acknowledged and dismissed them so again feeling like i owed it to him to be his support to be that person that would never leave him to support him in a way where he felt like it you know he, he had that bonnie and Clyde, like somebody to always have his back and in reality he never had mine so and we're conditioned uh, to be like that ride or die you know, we're conditioned that, you know, if that's your man, you stick with it. You know, you almost like our parents' generation, like they grew up taking a lot of shit off of men, a lot of the women, you know, and would stick by their man, right, wrong, or indifferent. You know, I know plenty of older couples or no friends whose parents might still be married, but it's very dysfunctional. Yeah, oh yeah. Very dysfunctional. Abusive, um, alcoholics, like, you know, the whole thing, and it's like the family secret. People don't want to talk about it, but everybody knew about it. Mm -hmm. Bullshit. Yeah. And it's so funny because even with that, like, once I started seeing some of the stuff that he was doing as far as like, you know, his abusiveness, his um, cheating, the disrespect, his mouth, like the words that he would choose to use, um, you know, to reflect or speak to me was some of the same things that his father would do to his mother that raised him. And it was just a repeated pattern. He was, you know, mimicking that behavior. But not only that, when I would confide in her, she would relate but she would never tell me like you deserve better like leave don't be like me and stay all those years because it's a form of bondage and entrapment she never encouraged me to leave if anything she would try to talk sense into him like boy you gotta stop but never to say like that girl don't deserve that shit and, hey Chris, leave 
because he ain't gonna change. I never got those kind of conversations. As a matter of fact, I remember being nine months pregnant and finding out for like the thousandth time, seemed like that this man that was supposedly in love with me and I'm in love with him was cheating on me. And when I called her, she was like, Where are you gonna go? You're nine months pregnant. What you gonna do? No words from a wise woman whatsoever to say that's bullshit. Not only is he putting your life in danger, but he's putting your unborn child in danger. And beyond the danger, like, let's talk about disrespect. Let's talk about the slap in the face. Like, I'm still working. Now I'm supporting still out here grinding for our family. So when you get off of work, you clocking out and, and clocking in with your dick somewhere else. So, and not to mention yeah. that she was in the church, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Church woman. No spiritual yeah. guidance. None of that. Whatsoever whatsoever and that's why you know as women we have to stop like bullshitting and encouraging our friends to stay in toxic situations just because we don't want to be the mean friend or like the mean uh, person in their life that oh she just don't like my man or she just jealous because she don't have a relationship so, like hell no I told someone the other day, I'm like, you can look at the people who you get advice from and tell how much shit that they're going to encourage you to put up with based on the bullshit that they stand for. Like, if you, her boyfriend is constantly disrespecting her, she going to put up encourage you to stay in the same type of bullshit because she ain't got enough sense of her own to walk away from that. Exactly. So, she can't tell you, girl, leave him when she in her own chaos because she don't never want you to come back and tell her, oh, you're a dummy for staying here. No, it's going to always be, girl, that's just how they are. Mm-hmm. Try not to upset them. What you did to make him mad? Why he doing? And it's never like, we deserve better. Come on, queen, address your crown. Like, let's move forward. It's none of that. Yeah. So, um, the shit just I mean so many levels and I'm trying to like compress this just to make sense of it all so that you could see like how in such a short period of time that felt like forever I went from being like just what I thought was a confident woman to a woman that was just broken in so many pieces that I contemplated suicide multiple times just to find a way out now this young man was a product of um, a situation where his mom was on drugs from the entire time that she was carrying him throughout his entire childhood. So he was in and out of foster like the foster system. Um, came into this world with already the odds against him. Which he was born was in trauma. Point. Yeah, born into trauma. Just born into trauma, totally. And unfortunately... I didn't write that script, so it wasn't for me to rewrite for him or correct it and give him a happy ending. But in my mind, I felt like, man, if his mama didn't even love him, how can I leave him? He just needs to know what love is. I just need to show him love and show him love in a way that no one else has ever loved him. But what I had to understand, I eventually got, he will never receive love because he hasn't healed in his world heal from the shit that he's gone through with his mother and you know just forgiving her and forgiving himself because he didn't put himself in that situation and deserve it from just coming into a world full of toxic like just I mean obstacles one thing after another and trauma so Mm -hmm. and you know what let me say something else too 
you and I come from a bloodline and a family of healers. You know what I'm saying? But it's amazing how when you have a gift and you have something within you that you were born with, that you were raised in, it's amazing that without the proper guidance, you can misappropriate your gift. And that's what happens a lot of times um, when and happened many times to me as well, you know, misappropriation of my gift because I am a healer. But you have to make sure that you channel that energy in the right direction and that you are really paying attention and following the lead of your spirit at the same time. And a lot of times before I came to a place because I didn't have that guidance um, with using my gift with you know working as a healer in the right situations and right circumstances with the right people I then misappropriated it and it was used and abused that's so critical because as a healer you attract people who need healing you attract broken people and when you don't understand your gift and you're not operating to your fullest potential when you're attracting someone that is broken you don't even know how to properly heal them mm-hmm. and won't you, like you will end up getting abused in the process but it's almost like you welcome the abuse because you're not flowing to your fullest potential mm-hmm. and yeah even with the healing process it's times that you have to disconnect and reset and recharge because your spirit takes on so much more. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, like, don't, those spirits that, they like leeches, man. And if you don't know how to remove them, they, boy, they will suck you dry. Yeah. Yeah. They will take the life out of you. And I'm speaking from, like, a place where I never in life thought that my talents were or my gifts were so valuable that somebody would like somebody was that was so vulnerable would just crave desire and do whatever it takes to keep me in that position to mm-hmm. keep me in that life yeah because it was a benefit to him it was a benefit to him it was something that you know he saw and he needed and he knew he needed and he fed off of it And when we're broken healers ourselves and we haven't addressed our issues or our insecurities, our vulnerabilities, or we're not properly taking the time to, like you said, just unplug and recharge, we become then victims. That is so true. And what I realized is because I didn't understand what was going on and because I was a victim, not only was he using me, but now his mom was using me because guess what? She didn't want her baby to come back home. She didn't want him leeching off of her. His family was all in support and all on board when I was in place to continue to help him, heal him, you know, take care of him in any way. And I'm not going to say take care of him like by all means he definitely was a financial support but it's a power in having a strong woman behind you Mm -hmm. it is so like I mean you have so many men that think because 
they have a job or they have their own place, they don't need a woman. It's, man, it's power in the team. A woman, she just, she moves different. She she watches things differently. And once a man identifies a woman's strength, trust me, it's more than just pussy. They, they want you by their side for a reason. So, me just being young, not realizing that I'm being um, and that's probably why I heard on, on his end why the marriage was something he agreed to and definitely wanted to rush. And so, yeah, before you change your mind, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Before you know, I found out any more of his lying ass ways, cheating, um, any more of his secrets would come out. You know, it was like, let me go ahead and lock this in. And even once we got married, I mean, the cheating didn't stop, the disrespect didn't stop, the bitches, the sh- hoes, the sluts, whatever I was that day, that shit ain't stop. And I'm not going to make it seem like we was in that bitch fighting all the time, but trust me, when we got down, the shit was some WWE, some choke slammings, some off the ropes, shit, I remember, it was a time that this man literally, like, locked me in a room. I remember calling my daddy, and I'm like, please, just come help me like walk to the back of the house come to the master bedroom window and um when you get there i'm just gonna kick the window out like but i can't run if nobody's there to help me he is not letting me out of this house and it was so crazy like my family was just so used to those um cries for help that i never followed through with that my dad was like i mean i'm gonna come but nah we ain't kicking windows in and i'm not doing all this with y'all tonight i just don't want the neighbors calling the police and so even then like once my father got there he come off a level 10 he was like i'm not letting her out this room and it was just like crazy it was stupid you know um he locked me in a room because i caught him cheating and he got mad and you caught him in the act or call him in the act, you know, went through his phone, found some messages, called numbers back, you know, just that juvenile shit that you don't even why am I doing this, but I'm doing it. And you know, when I confronted him on it, of course, he beat me getting mad. And then, you know, one thing led to another before you know it, bitch, I'm like being held hostage in a room, locked up in my kids like are in the next bedroom. And it just was like embarrassing. I still struggle with forgiving myself and I feel like I owe my son so many like apologies we've done counseling and everything because I just feel like I subjected him to all of that you know the things that he may have seen or heard that I cannot just say sorry enough for like they're permanently embedded in his memory and in his heart and that was the example of what a dad a husband a father is supposed to be like that's what I gave him. That's what I served to him. And it was never intentional. But once I was in it, I felt like um, I just wasn't trying to leave at that time. Like, I just wanted to make love work and not realizing, like, seeing it, but not just realizing how toxic that shit was. I was going to stand there and fight for the man that I wanted, the man that I love. That fairy and tale. That, that, that happily ever after. Yeah, that again just in my mind I had this fairy tale put away of wow we met when we were in middle school and I mean I'm talking about this man with me. Yeah, oh, yeah like, you know, <laughs> this shit was like 
I mean, we had childhood nicknames for each other, little love notes from like when we was in church. It was like everything that you would think was like perfect. Like I swear, them little Instagram pages would be like relationship uh, goals. Yeah, man, it's just it's horrible, man. Because it's like a false illusion of like what life is. And I'm not saying people aren't happy and in love like that, but we'll look at a picture and create and probably like make our own story off of a picture. Mm-hmm. And then try to replicate that not understanding like bills are a factor, kids are a factor, like, you know, shit, you might be having an off day or damn, I just had a tire blow and so now I'm just pissed and oh, here's an unexpected meal. Like that shit make a difference in a relationship. So all those pictures where the girl be thicker than a bitch and this man got this badass body and they holding each other and there's a waterfall in the back. Like, where the fuck is that at? Cause my man's ain't got no six pack and um <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. Like, my gut is hanging. Like, you know, it's just, come on. Girl, please, you ain't got no gut. Stop it. I know. But I'm just saying, like, it just be like, oh, Yeah. Damn, like, where's the real life? Yeah, and that's, that's the problem, though, with um, us getting caught up so much in the illusion of grandeur with when it comes to um, other relationships. And I always knew you know, what I wanted, how I wanted it to feel. And, you know, I talked about it in previous episode about um, manifesting your soulmate, you know, how we have to kind of step out of the box with ourselves. And a lot of times we have, we go for the guy that's the cool dude, you know, when we young, we go for the guy with the money, with this, with that, and look like he have it all together. And a lot of times those be the main motherfuckers with the issues. Mm-hmm. You know, they dressing up the outside, yeah, exactly, and covering up the filth of their souls. Girl, we gonna get on the filth of some people's souls, child. Girl, keep talking. Let them know. Hang tight. Put your seatbelt on. Yes, y'all put y'all seatbelt <laughs> on because this ride about to get rocky. This is just the intro. Go ahead, cruise, girl. <laughs> what you were saying like the whole like relationship goals like I'm sorry I fell victim to that shit like I never was that girl that dreamt of like this big beautiful wedding and a beautiful dress and nah I scratch that shit I always dreamt of having a family having kids like I mean, I ain't fuck about the wedding. I still don't. Like, I don't want no big shit. Like, but I want kids, you know. I want to, like, have this house and sit on five acres and my children just out there running around. Like, that is what I got caught up on. So, even though the reality was, like, muddy, just filled, I still held on to, like, this massage that I had created in my mind of what my love was going to flourish and be when everything finally came together and I remember my mama saying oh well you know these are just growing pains I just have to you know get used to each other and grow together but in reality like no this shit was just not when people be like I prayed for me and God sent him to me this one no shit that God the universe all of Buddha Jehovah, any of them, none of them fit this one. I, I damn near hand picked up. Like, I wanted this so bad. I, I actually remember sitting there telling myself, like, damn, okay, so I'm either getting him a shot or my high school sweetheart. 
And I sat there and I weighed out the pros and cons until I figured out which one I felt like needed to get the green light. <laughs> Clearly, I chose the wrong option. <laughs> but you know what? I do want to kind of go back for a second. When mom said that those were growing pains, she didn't know exactly everything that was going on either. Not a clue. Not a clue. She just was speaking from thinking that y'all was just working out some kinks and those were the issues. This is before all the police calls and all of that. Yep. It was more so her just assuming, okay, we having disagreements. Um, You know, like just your typical self with the blended family okay well I'm not this child's mom but I am you know a motherly figure in this home or whatever vice versa you know like just different things that we've gone through so she assumed that it was surrounding that and again it was only a select few people who really knew like a lot of what was going on but they didn't know it all um and even with the cheating I would like you know, oh, I found this bitch number in his phone. But then, like, once we got past the argument, it was on the highs. Like, I got off them lows quickly because nobody want to stay in the valleys. And it was more so like, girl, let me show you what he bought me. Look at his earrings. Girl, look at his dress. And I tried to live on those highs versus the lows because the lows feel shitty as fuck. Mm-hmm. But the lows are where the reality was. Like, yeah. Exactly. I just didn't want to face the reality. So even if I told my friends or my sister or anybody something, it was out of frustration, but it was never because I wanted people to know what was really going on. But I was okay with them knowing all the shit that he was doing for me materialistically. Is that? So, <laughs> boom. So remember I told you when I was nine months pregnant, I called him cheating again. So I, at this point, I lost count how many times I found, you know, condoms or... I my phone number. I'm dealing with baby mama dramas from both baby mamas. So I got to a point where I was just like, I got to stop going through this being a phone because I'm never going to like be at peace. But then I kept saying to myself like, damn, and I still use this analogy to this day. If I ain't fuck you with a condom, I'll, you ain't going to have passwords and be living with like limitations. You can't have my life, but block me from your life. Like that shit doesn't make any sense. So I wake up one night till o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. Anybody who knows me, that's unusual. I go to sleep at ten. I'm like my eight hours of sleep. Wake up out my sleep and his phone is like laying right on me and I'm like, this is odd. Mind you, I've been coaching myself all year saying like don't go through his phone. Like, I'm gonna do better. <laughs> yeah. So Get at it this point I'm like this has to be a sign from God because why would this phone be like laying right on me? So I go through it, sure enough. And I think this was like close to the point where I I was like, enough. I really got to get out of this shit because it just was just. This is when I started realizing how sick he was. So I go through his phone and I find like all of these messages and I'm like, I can't follow them because it seems like it's an app that he's on, but I can read these messages and it's like white women, black women, husbands asking about like, oh, my wife wants to fuck you. And it was just so many like random in situations and none of them added up. Like at one point I remember saying like, damn, if this was just like his ex-girlfriend, maybe I felt like I could compete. Like what is it about her versus me? But at this point I'm looking at these messages and I'm like, 
damn, like, this white lady with these big-ass jeans, like, she don't even, you know, but there's no comparison, like, oh, this bitch ain't got no ass, like, you know, it's, I'm just looking at, like, all of these women with different body types and different makeups and bitches looking ugly, old, young, fat, sloppy, skinny, like, anorex, I mean, you name it, they was, the messages was there, and the one with the husband asking, you know, like, oh, my husband, I mean, my wife wants to fuck you. I was just so bothered by that. Cause I'm like, now, what are you really involved in that, like, the husband asking you to fuck his wife? Like, this some secret cult or some shit? Like, what you into, bro? <laughs> Mind you, at this point, because I don't like prior to this, all the cheating stuff, I don't throw like the option of us having a threesome on the table. I don't gave him the option of like, oh, you know, you like, just tell me what you want so I know how to please you. Like, what am I missing? What mark am I not like giving you? Just to realize, like, I was serving him everything like a full platter a full spread and it was nothing that i was falling short on this bitch is just motherfucking filthy and greedy you know like, and that's the thing though too that we do to our that we do to ourselves when we're in those spaces we always look at ourselves and say why am i not enough and it's natural you know it's natural if the partner that you've committed yourself to is wandering or cheating or even uh, seems uninterested it's like what am i not doing you know instead of looking at it and reminding ourselves that we're enough that I am enough I'm doing enough and really laying the cards on the table putting that resume down like you know this is what I'm bringing to the table and you still want to go eat somewhere else right girl let me tell you if they want to feed somewhere else let them let them let them sit elsewhere let them let's be sometimes some meals ain't even as a matter of fact I I have to just laugh because it was this one chick that he was like messing with. She was like, you know, oh, when you get off of work, can you bring me something to eat? And so I'm like reading these messages and he was like, yeah, um, I'll bring $5 when I get off of work. And so she's like, okay. And I just realized, like, Frank, you are messing with bum bitches. Like, this motherfucker gotta wait eight hours to eat like sure. well how's she really help us if the bitch ain't got no money to eat right so and all you all you're okay with was five dollars so you know me i'm riding his ass i'm like bitch you getting these five dollar book box bitches like it costs more <laughs> to go and get a value meal like i'm so confused but i realized like and my daddy even had to put me up okay he was like baby he messing with little girls he ain't messing with no grown woman because a grown woman gonna require more of them a grown woman is not going to be okay with waiting six seven eight hours for five dollars to eat like that it was like i mean i tell you the caliber and the quality of like females that he's like seeking after but again like me not thinking like damn okay so you trying to go after these basic bum bitches um i'm too good for you and me just get my shit leaving nope yeah go crying and pleading what what do you want what's wrong with me what am i not doing right so that's just like to name a couple of times just to paint the picture to help you understand like this shit was like out of control and just getting to a place where I remember his sister and his mom saying, like, maybe he got a problem. Maybe he's a sex addict. And I'm like, maybe, but shit, I 
this shit ain't cool. Like, bitch, I've been to the doctor and everything. This bitch done burned me. Like, I'm glad that I was able to take a pill and clean this up. But, you know, how much shit do y'all really want me to take? And again, like, at this time, I could talk and be so lax about it. But I was so embarrassed when my doctor was like, Listen, I just tested you. You ain't had no STDs. So if I got to retest you because your husband just came back positive for STD, he had to have just given this to you. Like, there's no way that it's not going to pick up on this test. And then I got to retest you and all of a sudden it's going to pick up. And my husband swore me up and down. They're like, this doctor who done been to school all these damn years ain't you know what the fuck he was talking about. And he was crazy. And I'm like, that's that guy's lighting. That's right. Okay. Even if God was talking to me, my ass wasn't listening. I was asking him them questions with my fingers in my ear to my mom. I can't hear you. What did you say? Because I damn sure was missing all of the signs that was slapping me in my face. So the shit just continues and the depression is like setting in. So got to a place where it seemed like you know after we had the baby I told you about her first birthday and I found out he cheated again cause here I am going through his phone um 2 o'clock in the morning cause I feel like that's a sign from God the phone's just laying on me but I ain't going nowhere cause this is my family and I'm fighting for him but that time I did I think that was when I started really realizing he was a sick individual and I needed out so I ended up packing me and the kids up and I went and I went to my brother's house and I was sleeping on the floor and, you know, I had my kids on the couch and I was just doing like whatever it was to hold myself together. I started going to counseling and I swear to this day I can't stand this damn lady. I go to this counselor and the first question she hold asked Hold on, mind my you, I referred this counselor to you and I shouldn't have because I was in my own fucked up like I was giving this bitch several referrals and she was fucking all my friends lives up too just co-signing everybody saying some bullshit just like just co-signing the fuckery yes she was but ain't have not one ounce of good advice not no, one. cause at one point, like even when she told me about her situation, like she was in her own fucked up situation. And I should have seen that then. Like I need pace to just mature and go. Like going through shit, going really like in the end, you should come out polished. Because I sit back now and be like, why the fuck this didn't make sense? But then you know, I just felt like, damn man, she could relate. We got something in common. When in reality, she a dumbass bitch too. Like her ass didn't have none of her shit together. <laughs> How you counseling people, but you want a whole fucked up ass relationship that you won't walk away from? Hello. <laughs> yes. Yes. Listen, let me put a little game out there for all the listeners like if you go into a spiritual worker that life is fucked up and you don't see everything on instagram but you can you can pick up 
in conversation when people life is fucked up when they money is fucked up but you get in a you get in financial work you getting money work and letting these people burn money candles for you when they when they finances are messed up and they are okay. begging every other day for five dollars you know we have to get to a point in a place and for some of us it takes us longer to get there you know we all get there in our own time but here's a little free game if somebody's situation fucked up you might not need to use their service and i think that didn't register in the way that it did because we were so sheltered and so used to other people making decisions for us we literally did not get to decide when we woke up when we went to bed where we went on the weekends who we who we were friends with was selected and monitored you know so coming from a very sheltered environment it was literally like your brain was not fully developed because you weren't allowed to exercise the freedom of choice to make those decisions and figure out what really worked and what didn't what made sense and what didn't because somebody was always telling you what to do and even going to like just touching on a point of what you said like you know with following people and just being able to observe and see like their shit ain't right a problem that I noticed with today is especially like if you even pay attention to Instagram it's instant so people constantly are looking for like an instant answer instant gratification some of these pages I mean like if you follow a person long enough the information will unfold it ain't hard to find but what y'all do is y'all follow a person for like three or four posts which is really equivalent to maybe two or three days and you're just sold and you're bought in and you don't even know how the story like if you watch it you'll see like damn let me just with somebody else like fucking two months ago and then they started selling out to talk about this person or then they just say like they ain't had this and now all of a sudden they done hit the lottery like, I mean the shit be just there but we ever taking the time to slow down to say let the story unfold we just constantly want the like the instant answers and that's bullshit yeah and that's bullshit yeah. like people don't want to do the work people don't want to do the work this ain't no fucking microwave, man. You don't get to cook no damn meal in 30 fucking seconds. Like, this, it don't work like that. So, I have grown. I, I really have. I done been through. And this ain't all that I've been through, but this is what took me down to the deep valleys and what finally made me just wake up and be like, bitch, you either gonna get it or you gonna die. Like, what are you gonna do? I think, and I don't mean die because the bitch didn't already sent me to the clinic. I mean die because I was literally rotting on the inside. I was no good to my kids. I, at one point, I just believe I became abusive to them. And not so much physically, but I just verbally would lash out at them so much because I was so irritated and hurt chasing behind this grown-ass man trying to fix him when what I should have been doing is just trying to focus on those kids and raising them and loving them and nurturing on them loving yourself loving yourself that's what I'm saying like fixing me and loving me and them affirmations are something powerful like getting in that mirror and talking to myself but instead here I am pleading and begging with a motherfucker that got his mind made up okay so I um I realized that he was just out of control. 
and I'll say stick because I find out so much more about him. I just wish I didn't even have to know this man no more. You even have to talk to him because I just be looking at him. I, I at this point feel sorry for him. But I tried to leave. He came, he begged, he he even started going to this counselor with me. She went from trying to help me supposedly to asking me to bring him into the sessions, which then turned her into bringing us back together. And it's crazy because at that moment, I had what I thought was the strength to leave. Here I am looking for um, that reassurance because I ain't never made a decision in my own life on my own. Even getting married was pushed by our parents. So, you know, leaving, I needed somebody to say, yeah, you're doing the right thing. And she says, you know, you got to give credit to the black man that's trying. Mm-hmm. And so she encouraged me to mm-hmm. work this bullshit back out with him. And I stayed. And I stayed and we bought a house and we bought a car. And I point them things out because I remember buying this house and I was like, well, shit, if it don't work, I'll just sell the house. Well, yeah, when it came down to it, it wasn't that easy. Just sell the house. That bitch went into um, foreclosure. I had to try to do a short sale. Meanwhile, his ass didn't want to cooperate because he was paying in that bitch rent free. So the whole time that he lived in there, I don't know he's not paying the mortgage when I left. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> spoiler alert, I finally left. Um, and the fucking house goes into foreclosure. So, you know, me not standing on my two feet and standing by what at that time I felt like what I needed to do at the moment where I'm sleeping on a hard ass floor and my kids sleeping on a couch. If I would have just stuck to my guns, a lot of the excess headaches I would have avoided. But what I did is I, I just wrote out my time in prison just for like a little bit longer. <laughs> and I got, you got to, you know, when you're in prison, you got to see, most times people come out polished a little different. They, they still hold on to their bad habits, but that's typically when people become a little bit more intelligent. They've been sitting down reading and thinking the entire time. So I, my prison sentence got expanded. I violated while I was in now. So I um I know going back, like I said, we buy a house, we buy a car. Um the cheating doesn't stop. And I remember it was New Year's Eve and I had wanted to go to church and I had my son, his friend, the baby, and his daughter. So four kids. All I want to do is go to church on New Year's Eve again. So cliche. And his ass had got off probably like one, two o'clock that afternoon, but baby, it's like eight, nine o'clock at night. He's nowhere to be found. Girl, gotta go to that watch night service. And girl, he was watching, well, I was trying to go to watch night. He was watching something else, I'm sure. <laughs> so he finally strolled into the house and, um, you know, I was like, all right, kids, y'all get in the car, let's go. Because I'm sure he could pick up on my attitude. And he just, I mean, like, snapped that night. And it wasn't the first time. We done been through this. But I had already been, like, coaching myself. Like, girl, you you got to give this up. Like, this abuse shit is out of control. Like, every time you get me in, you want to become incredible hawking. So he is so tiny and small. Like, I don't even know why he think he could just be the big bad wolf. But he a big old bully and baby all in one. 
So he gets mad. I'm trying to, you know, leave. He's standing behind the car. He's banging on the car. You ain't going nowhere. And I'm like, damn. So I looked at him. I was like, only the fucking devil would try to stop me from going to church. Like, bitch, I ain't even trying to go. Where I'm going to go with four kids? Y'all tell me what I was going to do. A damn show wasn't finna go to the club. Wasn't finna go get on the side there. Like, it, what could I have done with four fucking kids in the car with me other than go to church? But it was about the control. It wasn't it was about, about the control. It wasn't about really where you was going. It was you ain't have his permission to go at this point because what you mean, what you probably was seeing and experiencing at that time was the escalation of that abuse. You know, because it mm-hmm. starts small. And it grows and grows and grows until, you know, some people lose their lives behind it. But you were seeing the escalation in that abusive behavior. It was going to a new level. And I feel like his guilt also was setting in because his ass was already out there doing his own thing. So, you know, you got off of work and you making all these pit stops. And when you finally stroll your ass in the house... I ain't even acknowledging your bullshit. I'm like, all right, kids, let's go. So now your guilt, like, again, I'm going to be hugging, man. Like, how dare she be kid when my ass just got here and she been sitting at the house with the kids. So that night, I never made it to church. Girl, and I was ready. I wanted to buy my little raffle ticket so I could win the TV and pray all night long. <laughs> I never had it. I was ready going for the um, TV. Just tell the truth. Girl, I was going for the TV. <laughs> <laughs> I was excited. I had been planning on going to this watch night service in this church. They kind of like more, you know, they, they're younger. They're more big. So they was giving away a TV. Hey, I'm there. Um, I didn't make it. I didn't make it at all. We start fighting. We start arguing. And I end up having to tell my son, I'm like, listen, y'all just sit here and y'all play this video game. Him and his little friend, I'm like, just be quiet. Please don't aggravate him because his ass had done like lost it. I mean, he just showing out, breaking shit, yelling, slamming shit, like no control. So at some point, um, his daughter had done left. So it's just me, the baby, my son and his friend. And um, he followed me outside and he told me he was like bitch you ain't going nowhere and if you do you gonna walk and he snatched the keys from the car for the car um he snatched them out of my hand he took my cell phone and he went inside and got the other keys to the other car and then he parked like on the grass so he could block the car in and he was like I mean what I say you ain't leaving him So you're going to find out in a couple weeks what ends up happening to my sister Christy and the kids that night, as well as how she finally finds the strength, courage, and determination to leave for good. She ends up finding out some even more disturbing details about the secret life that her husband was living. The rabbit hole goes deep, guys. And it editing this episode was really, really hard for me. I had to take some breaks because... As close as we are, I had no idea how silently she was suffering. I didn't know the half of what she was living through and dealing with. And even the people around her that should have been encouraging her to get out and leave 
were not giving the best advice to her. And you think that you come from this loving, seemingly wholesome family that it'll, it'll never happen to you. You didn't grow up in an abusive household. You think that it'll never happen to you. And then you wake up in a situation and you're silently suffering day after day. And there are so many women that are out there suffering and even their closest friends or relatives have no idea the hell that they live in. So if this is you, again, if you need assistance, the National Domestic Violence Hotline is one 800 799 7233. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't feel like you have to suffer in silence. And please don't stay silent because it can be a matter of life or death for you. It got really dark for my sister, and I had no idea how badly she was suffering. But thankfully, you know, her story ends with her walking away and rebuilding her life. But there's somebody whose story didn't end that way. And if this is you, you have to determine that you are worthy of love, that you are worthy of healthy interactions and healthy relationships. And people can provide all the resources, information, scenarios, and stories. But if you don't take the first step in your healing process, it never occurs. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and turn on your notifications. And please share this episode with at least one friend. Share with all your friends. Share with all your girlfriends, all your sisters, because you have no idea who might be silently suffering. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode of the podcast, you can email me so that I could share your products and services with my audience. My email address is candy at thespiritualbestie.com. And if you're interested in just monetarily making a donation to sponsor the podcast, you can do so at dollar sign spiritual bestie or through PayPal at candy, C-A-N-D-Y writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. Thank you guys so much for listening to Real Talk with the Spiritual Bestie. I love you guys and I will see you guys. Well, I will talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. Peace.